0: This is Real Estate Rookie, episode 123.
1: So after the house hack, I was like, okay, kind of out of money, but I still want to be in real estate. And so I'm just analyzing all these deals. I'm trying to look for flips. None of the numbers make sense. The margins are super thin from my estimates. And so I was like, I wonder what it'd be like to just build one of these.
0: My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson,
2: What's up, Ashley? How are you doing today?
0: Good, good. I just got back from Seattle at 1 a.m. But yeah, it was so much fun. I went to the Fixated on Real Estate conference and I was a speaker on a panel there. And then I uh, did a job shadow of my friend James Daynard of Heat and Daynard Real Estate in Seattle, too. And that was awesome going through some of his flip houses and he let me sit in on his business meetings with his team and just seeing the whole dynamic of how their processes work. So they actually have investor clients that come in and kind of like when we talked about in this episode of like doing turnkey, they uh, help an investor find a property and then set them up with a design or a plan and contacts and references for uh, contractors to do a rehab. And then they help them sell it at the end. So it's it's really cool to, to see all of that.
2: Well it sounds like you had a productive weekend. I just got back from four days in Las Vegas for a bachelor party, so I'm just happy that my <laughs> voice is back in time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw some pictures on Sarah's Instagram. It looked so fun. Yeah, we, huh? we
2: had a good time. But now now back to the real world. Yeah. I put in an offer on uh on another property yesterday, but I think I got outbid. This one was a uh, was like a six unit, it was multifamily, but each unit was separate, but it was six cabins on the same parcel in big bear lake um here in southern california and yeah it looks like we got to the table a little bit too late they already
0: had that would have been your first your first property on that lake right
2: yeah yeah our first one out there we we had a hotel that we were trying to bid on last month but that one didn't work out so we're, we're like steadily looking for for the right deal but waiting on the waiting on the right one to come come across our desk so we'll see
0: and the important thing is is that you're not giving up yeah. and you're not feeling rejected you're just keep going and you know that there's gonna be a deal eventually, out there eventually. but honestly
2: after today's yeah. uh episode which was fantastic I think I might just go out there and build something <laughs> right yeah. like so. so Donovan was our guest today and he had like an amazing story I think he's what 24 years old recently graduated from college a couple years ago And he is absolutely like crushing it in the world of like new development, new construction. And he was able to do it with really no experience, no money of his own. And he's got, I think, 13 properties that they're building out right now.
0: And three partners for investing in the less, it's probably been a year and a half since he bought his first vacant parcel, I think. And he has 12 parcels now and doing 12 new builds on them with three different partners. So, you guys, this is. If Even if you have no interest in land development, listen to this episode as to how he was a rookie, but was able to get partners, get money to do what he wanted on these deals. The takeaways of knowing your numbers and really being confident. He does a great job of if you are kind of stuck with and need some help with that mindset shift, this is a great uh, episode to listen to.
2: T-O retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI
3: to 33777. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be.
4: Visit BiggerPockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's BiggerPockets.com slash Vacasa.
0: Well, let's bring Donovan onto the show.
2: Donovan, welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, brother. Super excited to have you on today.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Really appreciate it. So Donovan, tell us
2: your backstory. Tell us who you are, how you got started in the world of real estate investing.
1: For sure. Yes. My name is Donovan Adesaro. I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. So grew up in the cold up there from there knew I wanted to do some type of engineering in college. And so ended up doing petroleum engineering down in university of Tulsa. So went down to Oklahoma for that graduated and came down to Houston for my full-time gig, but kind of quickly early on, I realized I wanted to kind of diversify outside of, you know, just my 401k and started looking at different kind of ways to make money on the side and real estate cut coming up and, uh, I kind of got into, got started with house hacking and then working on some development stuff now. Wow. That's awesome, That's exciting,
0: <laughs> house hacking
2: to yeah. development.
1: That's a big jump. <laughs> yeah, it's a big leap. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess let, let's start with kind of the the initial house hack, right? So you graduate, you move to Houston, and the first thing you do is buy a house, or I guess just give us that backstory, give us that journey.
1: For sure. Yeah, so I graduate, moved to Houston. I do all the typical dumb stuff that you do as a new graduate. So I finance a new car. I was renting a high-rise downtown Houston on the 18th floor, just living it up lavishly with no extra money to save at the end of the day. So that got old pretty quickly. I was like, man, I'm paying so much for this much for rent. I got my car payment, the car insurance. And so the amount of savings each month I wasn't happy with. And that's kind of how house hacking really, I guess, came into play. And so I bought the, the house hack a year after I graduated more or less.
0: That's awesome, Donovan. What were some of the things that made you want to get into house hacking? Did you start doing research? Did somebody mention this to you? How did you even start wanting to be a real estate investor?
1: For sure, yeah. So I obviously found Bigger Pockets after looking up real estate. Started on the YouTube channels and got really into the podcast. We we'll listened to them on the way to work every day. And I was looking for ways to essentially low risk ways with that didn't require a lot of capital. And so that's what's really attracted me to the house hackings, because you can get in with the low down payment loan, and then it's essentially a little risk, because if you can afford the monthly payment without anyone living there, then when you get someone living in there, it's just like an added bonus. So that was kind of the two things I was looking for was low cost and low risk.
0: Donovan, that is so awesome that you house hacked. I think it's a huge opportunity for new investors to become investors. I love that you said that you made sure that worst case scenario, you could afford your mortgage payment on your own. And that's why house hacking can be so low risk because when you purchase a property and you're renting out the other units or the bedrooms, that just means your living expense went down. You shouldn't be going out and buying a huge five bedroom mansion that you can't afford on your own and depend on people renting that out as your first property, your first house hack. So I think that's awesome. You already knew that. And if you can, worst case scenario, nobody moves in and you're paying your mortgage payment. You're just like everybody else. You're normal. You're paying a mortgage payment. So how is the house hack going and what have you learned from it so far?
1: Yeah, it's going well. So I guess little context when I closed on it last year, the reason why I was so concerned with the risk was our salaries were just cut 30% across the board during COVID, and so everyone was kind of panicking. I was like, "Am I gonna lose my job?" So it was like a a little stressful, but you know, I got through it because I really you know understood the numbers and and through all the bigger pockets episodes, there's always that I guess common theme that you're never gonna be 100% ready. So I just went with it, and so far so good. I mean, the tenants on the other side, there's a family in there, and I also rent out the bedrooms on my side for an extra. For some extra cash flow and just to essentially not pay anything for my mortgage or insurance taxes like that. Things like that. What
2: kind of property type is this? Is it a duplex? You said on the other side, so it sounds like there's two units there?
1: Correct. Yep. It's a side by side duplex. That's awesome. And how many bedrooms per side? So each side has three bedrooms, two baths. Wow. That's pretty that's a pretty big duplex. It's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. And
2: to be so so you're renting out the entire other side, the entire three two is being rented out but then you're also renting out the other two bedrooms and the side that you live on? Exactly. Wow, that's great, man. That's absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, I guess let's walk through that process a little bit further, right? First, how was it for you finding tenants to place into this house hack, right? I think what kind of scares a lot of people about the idea of house hacking is sharing your living space with complete strangers. So how has that process been for you? How did you find them? And then how has it been actually like living with them?
1: Yeah, for sure. So one of the ways I found them was on this website called roomies.com. And so it's a website specifically for finding roommates. So you're able to kind of see the bio of the people and you can kind of get on the phone with them or text them can kind of get a feel for each other. So that was a, a pretty decent way to get a, I guess, build rapport with them before they moved in. So like one of them's a medical student and one of them just graduated college. So they're kind of around my age and you know we get along great. So
2: And uh, how are you guys like making sure that there's no like friction in the house? Like, does each person buy their own like toilet paper and paper towels? And like, what's the rules in the kitchen? Like, how does that arrangement work?
1: Yeah, for sure. I probably should have laid some ground rules up front, but essentially everyone takes care of themselves, but we'll share like some of the like paper towels or toilet paper, anyone who just, anyone who buys a big pack, we all just share it, things like that. But yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not big on sharing food. So I did make that kind of requirement. Like you got to buy your own food, but you know, everything else we can
4: share.
0: When you needed to put together these leases, what was that like for you? Your first time being a landlord, doing property management, and how are you collecting the rent? I mean, are you using Venmo? Are they giving you cash? How does your uh, systems look like?
1: Yeah, so this also probably needs some work. So right now, they typically just zell or cash at me. And then the lease was found, it was like a generic roommate lease I found from a website called lawdepot.com, which is... And I also use the, the bigger pockets. I think, so I bought the managing rental properties by Brandon Turner and he had that kind of file that comes with it and has a few, I guess uh, there's a lease in there Has like kind of some basic contracts in there. So I use that as well, but yeah, it's not ironclad or anything. It's
0: fairly simple just to get by. Right. There's so many resources out there to at least get a template or a sample, and then you can kind of turn it into your own and add different things to it or take things out. Bigger Pockets, if anybody is a pro member, they do have uh, lease agreements and addendums available to pro members for your state. So they're state specific, drawn up by attorneys from that state, and you guys can go and you can pull those and they're free for pro members. So that's a great resource too. So, Donovan, what happened after the house hack? What was the next deal?
1: Yeah. So after the house hack, I was like, okay, kind of out of money, but I still want to be in real estate. And so I'm just analyzing all these deals. I'm trying to look for flips. None of the numbers make sense. The margins are super thin, in my opinion, from my estimates. And so I was like, I wonder what it'd be like to just build one of these. And so started running the numbers on what it would cost to build duplexes and talking to contractors and these different Facebook groups to kind of get an estimate of how much they would actually charge me. I'm talking to wholesalers to figure out what the land's going to cost me and kind of piece by piece, putting it all together to get an idea of how much money do I need to actually build one of these. And then, yeah, just went from there.
0: Donovan, talking to contractors in Facebook groups, what Facebook groups I'd love to hear as to how you were able to connect with them and that they were willingly to just help you out and give you that information.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you have to kind of get through the weeds a bit on that for sure. But uh, so one of them just... Like there's Houston real estate investors group. So I'm sure most big cities have something similar where it's just the name of their city and then real estate investing. And there's probably some sort of Facebook group to go to. So that's how I found the contractors. And I met with them in person to kind of get a bit better rapport or visit their job sites. And that's how I weeded out some of the nice riffraff, so to speak. So one follow-up question for me, right? Because I, I love
2: that you're kind of going down this rabbit hole of the new construction but you said that after the house hack, you were out of money. So you said, well, if I'm out of money, let me just build something new. I I feel like maybe I'm missing something there, right? Like what was it about the new construction that made you feel that it might be a cheaper route than doing another traditional real estate purchase?
1: For sure, yeah, I'm definitely probably, getting ahead of myself there cause I didn't have the money. But what I was thinking was that the land was cheaper than a house is kind of what I was, the way I was looking at it. Cause I talked to a few hard money lenders and they said, you could put the land down as collateral. So I was thinking if I could just afford the land, I can probably get the construction covered. And that's kind of how that rabbit hole kind of came about.
2: So can we break that down a little bit further? Like explain what you mean by using the land as collateral and why it would be cheaper for you to do that? For sure. Good point.
1: So yeah, so if you buy the land in cash, typically, that will act as a down payment on a construction loan. So the same way where you go to closing on a flip property and they ask you for 20% down on a hard money deal, it's essentially that same thing. But now you're saying, look, I already got my 20% locked up in equity in the land value. So instead of me bringing any extra money, just collateralize that essentially Put a lien on it for the equity in, in that, and let me use that amount uh, for my down payment, so that I don't have to bring anything else to closing.
0: How many lenders did you go to before you figured this out, and did you shop around and see if there's different ways to do a construction loan?
1: For sure, yeah. So I actually went on the Bigger Pockets website and was looking for hard money lenders, and so I talked to a few of the highly rated ones on there, and kind of asked them what it would take for me to build. I don't know, it was like a 1800 square foot duplex or whatever my numbers were. And they kind of told me, well, we can wrap the land into the loan or you can lose, use the land as collateral. And so just talking to a few of them gave me an idea of, of what I could actually do. But I definitely shopped around.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the development of it. So you're deciding to go forward with this. What does that look like? Like getting your survey, doing the engineering on it, getting an architect on it, getting a builder. So how does that process work for you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there was a lot of pieces to put together. And I was so naive at the time. I thought I could do it all with no issues. So I definitely ran into some issues there. So at first, I had to get the money to buy the land. And so the way I did that was partnering with other people who had the money, but not necessarily the time. And so it was just uh, kind of a one off partnership, just me and them in an LLC. And they would agree to put the capital down and I would kind of handle the day to day. And we just kind of split the profits at the end. And so once I had that down, I got really good, I guess, rapport with an architect and he walked me through essentially step-by-step what needed to be done. Like get the survey. I need the survey and we got to submit the plans to the city. And so I outsourced pretty much everything that I could. So the architectural plans, the permitting, things like that, and just paid a little bit extra so that I knew it was done right rather than me trying to figure out
2: myself, if that makes sense. Can we pause really quick, Donovan, on the money partner piece? Because you you just kind of glossed over that, right? But (laughs) you you were relatively new in the world of real estate investing, right? Like you had done this house hack, right? You know, we're successful house hack, but you had never built anything new. So why on earth would anyone have confidence that you could go out and build this brand new ground up construction? And you know, I'm not saying that to poke fun at you, but I'm I'm saying that's what I feel a lot of people in the audience might be thinking about themselves is, I don't have experience, why would anybody partner with me and give me the money I need to go out and do this deal? So walk us through how you kind of put that relationship together.
1: Tony, absolutely. Some of the investors said exactly what you said. Why would I trust you with my money? You have no experience doing this. You're 24. I mean, just stick to your day job basically and I was like you're right you're right so I didn't hide the fact I didn't have any experience but what I did was like look I know these numbers like the back of my hand I live in the area I'm showing you the comps I'm showing you the construction contracts I'm showing you the numbers from the hard money lender so instead of putting the focus on me as an individual I try to put the focus on the deal I was like look even if I'm wrong by 30 40 percent you're still going to make a pretty solid return And so in addition to that, I also structured it in a way where there's no management fees or anything. For me, I didn't make any money until the back end when we either sold or there was some cash flow. So there was an alignment of incentives there, I would say. So that kind of made them feel a little bit more comfortable too. But yeah, they, they definitely put a lot of trust in me for sure.
2: Something you said that I want to make sure that the rookie listeners remember is I try and put the focus on the deal and not on myself. And like, man, what a great like, piece of advice for people that are just getting started out. Because you're right, if you don't have experience, maybe they, you shouldn't be focusing on yourself. But if you, if you can say, hey, this is such a sol- solid deal that even if I'm 50% wrong, you're still gonna get a great return, then it's almost a no-brainer for them at that point. So, man, what great advice. I guess last question for me, Donovan, on this piece, how did you actually find this person? Was it just like networking in these Facebook groups that you were in, was it you know, like a family friend? Like, how did you connect with this person?
1: No, I wish. Yeah, so family or friends don't have any money. So I knew I had to go <laughs> elsewhere for it. So yeah, through these Facebook groups, actually one of them was through the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. He's actually a guy out of California, but the first guy was through a different, I think it was like an apartment investors Facebook group. First guy who partnered with me and I just said, hey, look, he's in a high cost living area. I'm here in Houston. Um, I can handle all this work for you. And it's probably a fraction of what you would pay. I think he's, he lives in New Jersey, so pretty high cost of living there. So I was like, yeah, I mean, we can get this done for 60, 70K. And I'm sure that 60, 70K is like a down payment for you up there. And so that was kind of my target, I guess, investor with someone in high cost of living area
0: who doesn't have that much time to invest. Donovan, what would be just three things for a rookie investor that advice you can give them if they were going to go this new development route? What are just three things that stood out to you that maybe you learned, or you may even have known ahead of time, but really helped you get through the development process.
1: For sure. Yeah. So, you know, development's risky, right? It's, there's a lot of variables and the timeline is a lot longer than maybe a flip. So one of the things I would say is make sure your numbers have a good amount of margin going in. And so for me, what I was looking for was like a 40% return, 40, 50% that way especially if you're a newbie like me, I was planning for stuff to go wrong, but still enough, I guess, to to still make sense for a partner or for yourself. So that's the first one. The second one is when you actually do decide to go through with it, make sure you have an excellent title company that you vetted or that's been referred to you. It's because there's so many issues that come with raw land because typically what happens is mom or dad owns it, and then mom or dad passes away, and then the children own it and the the split between them isn't necessarily clear because maybe the dad remarried, and it's just get really fuzzy really quick. And so you need to have a title company who can handle that, so that otherwise you won't be able to buy the property, or if you find out later, you won't be able to sell the property. So that would say that's the big one right there. Number two, then number three is really rely on a team. So really try to get referrals for the other pieces so that you're not relying on yourself to figure stuff out. Because for me, example, I didn't know how to do permitting in Houston. Okay. So get an architect who knows how to do the permitting for me. It was extra a hundred bucks, but it was like 300 bucks or so, but well worth it because I didn't know how to do it. It would have took me a lot longer. So just pay for it. So I think on your first deal, really try to... Get that a lot of those things outsourced.
0: That's such great advice because you can think you'll save money by doing it yourself, but a lot of times you won't save money. And it's just faster and easier for somebody else who knows what they're doing to get it done. And even though you may be paying them, you're going to be saving a lot of your time trying to figure out. And if you do it wrong, those, and especially if you have a flip or something like that, those holding costs can really hurt you if something is taking longer. So let's talk about your new construction plan a little bit more. Do you want to kind of tell us how it's going and what has happened with it?
1: Yeah. So right now, so we purchased 12 lots between me and my three partners. Six of them are being worked on right now. Three of them are framed up. One of them closes next month, the other five or so, hopefully by end of the year, January. So next month will be the first one that actually closes. So that's a exciting thing to show on my track record as well as get the investor their returns back so yeah that's kind of how it's going now and so far so good i mean there's hiccups along the way for sure but i just figure stuff out as i go honestly
2: donovan i just want to make sure i didn't like misunderstand what you just said you said you have 12 lots that you guys are building out right now Yes, sir. Holy crap, man. I thought you said when you were doing new constructions, you were going to build like one duplex, but you're, you're I building know. 12 of them. So, okay. Let, let, let's slow things down a little bit. Was the initial plan to build 12 from the beginning? Or was this just like you found the right piece of land and maybe you'd like something like get it, like walk us through how you went from, I want to build one duplex to having 12 lots.
1: Right. So my thought process last year, essentially, because this all kind of started in August of last year was first and I need to get a partner who agrees to do it with me. Right. So now once I get the partner, I was like, okay, I need to get one deal, one solid land deal that will make him money so that he comes back to me for future deals. And then from there, he was like, okay, once we got going on the first one, and the permitting was kind of going along. He's like, I got some more capital put to work. These numbers make sense. Why don't you go and get three more? Okay. So I go and get three more. And then um, he's like, okay, I still got my, a good amount of money on my line of credit available. Why don't you just scale it up to eight? So with one partner, I have eight. And then the other part, other two partners, I have two each. So that's kind of how it happened. It wasn't planned. It was just, they said they wanted to put money to work. And I was like, Roger that. I'll go find it for you.
2: So can we can we talk a little bit more about the the team aspect of this? Because you mentioned that as being like one of the important pieces. So I guess who are the team members that are helping you find the deals? Who are the team members that, that are actually helping you like facilitate the construction piece? Because you mentioned the architect, but I'm, how much does the architect do versus what the general contractor does? Like, I guess just walk us through who your team members are and what role each of those people are playing.
1: Yeah. So the typically wholesalers are where I'm getting my best off-market deals from. And that there's kind of a variety of wholesalers, probably three to five that will send me deals kind of in the area I'm looking for. And those were all found through Facebook groups as well. And I guess a really important note on that is what I did to kind of gain their trust when I was new is I would tell them, why I didn't like the deal that they sent me. So, hey, Donovan, here's this house in a different zip code. No, wholesaler, I'm actually looking for land deals, this amount of square footage in this zip code. So that kind of helped build a rapport. From there, the architect helps with the plans, right, and get the permitting done, which is a big piece. And then the general contractor is essentially handling all parts of the build from there. So my GC is excellent, he's great. I try to refer him business as much as possible because he's he's been awesome. So the, I got really lucky there where finding a solid GC. As you know, there's plenty of horror stories here. But uh, yeah, so the GC is handling all parts of the build. I'm checking in every other day, going to visit the sites. But from an execution standpoint, uh, he's handling that. And then the lender is handling the financing. So that's kind of the four main things I have. Man, this is like a master class
2: on like new construction for rookies. This is like a really, really...
1: Great breakdown, Donovan. Thank you.
2: So I, I want to circle back to the the architecture piece. First question is, how did you find your architect? And then second, what should someone expect to pay? And I know this will vary by market, but at least where you're at, what should someone expect to pay an architect to do all of the design, the plans, and
1: the permitting? For sure. So I found the architect by asking for a referral from the general contractor. So I found the general contractor first, and then from there, I was saying, hey, who do you use for your plans and permitting? Oh, I got this guy. Okay. Okay. Good enough for me, right? If he's used them before, just some type of referral is what I was looking for. And then in terms of cost, typically if you wanted to design your own plan and like customize it, you can probably expect to pay about two fifty, two to two fifty a square foot. So on a two thousand square foot home, anywhere from four to five thousand typically can get you plans created and permitted with the city. So, um, in Houston, it's cheap. In other places, it's not cheap. So, I'd, I'd say it varies by state for sure.
0: How did you get connected with an architect? Was that from a referral, too?
1: Yeah, it was from the general contractor who referred me. And then from there, um, so one actually, one of the architects built the duplex I live in. So, the one you're seeing now. I like the floor plan so much. I went back to the architect who built mine and then said, hey, I just want to tweak this, tweak this. He said, great, we can do it. And then the other architect I have was referred to me by the general contractor.
0: I've done a couple new developments for another investor and then built my own house. In your opinion, do you think that architects are not usually aware of the cost of different things? So for example, when we did a new patio home design, you know, they had these great ideas and put in different things, but the contractor was, well, you know, every time you make a corner or a jog out, that's going to add to your cost. So what's your opinion on that? And advice for rookies, like an architect may bring you this beautiful design and layout, but... How do you kind of differentiate what's going to actually be the best return on your money?
1: For sure. Yeah, that's a great question. I I think it's tough because it depends what, I think you need to specify what you're trying to do. So if you're doing like spec, new construction, beautiful, right, selling for- high-end prices, what I'm doing is kind of affordable duplexes. So I, I know my target market is want someone like me, younger guy, gal who wants to buy a house hack. That's kind of what I'm aiming for when I'm building these. And so for that, the builder I went to, he is designed, sorry, the architect I went to designed pretty much most of the homes in this area, right? So he, he knows affordable housing. He knows what's reasonable and what's not going to be cost-effective. So I think Maybe just finding an area where you like the floor plans and just going to that architect may be a good idea.
2: So one more follow-up for me, Donovan, on just like the timeline aspect, because I love the idea of new construction as well, but obviously buying a house is a lot faster than going out and building something brand new. So from the moment that you actually close on a piece of land, how long will it take until that house is
1: completed? So yeah, typically it's going to be about 10 months. Uh, the one that we're closing on in next month of September. So, to give you a timeline, so we close on the land in December of 2020. By about April, we had the permanent permits approved with the city. So, obviously, you can't build until you get the permits approved. And so, while that permitting is going on, I'm lining up the financing, I'm um, making sure the builder and I have the contract set up, and that's kind of what's going on behind the scenes while we wait for the permits. And so, Ideally, what happened was as soon as we get the permits for the land, the loan is already closed and we can start building. And so that's kind of what we're looking at is four months for permitting and like five months to build. So nine, 10 months.
2: That's actually not too bad. Like I've looked to build in Joshua Tree and it's like 10 months just waiting on plans to get approved in Joshua Tree so it's it's a very different kind of process i guess depending on
1: what market you're in but it sounds like you're you're in a
2: you're in a maybe a more efficient market when it comes to new construction than than where i am at
1: absolutely the other thing too is like it varies by county so like even from Houston to Austin there's a massive difference in permitting times so make sure you know your county is uh i guess Make sure you know the rough timeline estimate because that could be a hairy situation.
0: I uh, was in Seattle this past weekend and I went to look at this house that my friend is flipping. And so I actually saw it a year ago. And so they're just tightening up the flip now, finishing it up. And the house, I mean, it was falling over. It was a hoarder house, horrible, rough shape. And they got the permit for that fairly quickly to go ahead and rehab the house. But the back deck, that permit took like four months to get a deck permit in this town and it was just crazy. And one of the things the investor said to me was, As even as a rookie, as an experienced investor, make sure you know these weird little things that your town or county or city may have in place that will affect your your rehab, affect your budget, and definitely affect your timeline. So he said in that that city, that was one little weird quirk that was in their permitting process that a deck permit can take four months or longer. So, just uh, everyone yeah, be aware. And, yeah, and, and really a way to how did you find out, Donovan, how some of the permitting processes go? I know you said that you used uh, your architect and let them do that, but did you do any? research on your own, such as contacting the code enforcement officer or anything in the area?
1: Yeah. So I talked to them. I also talked to other like other developers who were, I told them specifically what I was trying to do was like, look, I'm trying to do duplexes. What are some things I'm going to run into? They're like, well, for example, in Houston, a lot of it's in the flood zone. So I said, Hey, if you build in the flood zone, you typically don't have a slab-on-grade foundation. You have to use a different foundation. Okay, that just increased my cost, 15%. Now the project doesn't make sense anymore. So I really relied on my network. And also I try to look at the building code as well. I probably need to, it's so long though. Oh my gosh, it's so long. But uh, yeah, so I relied on you know my network to really help me on the first one, first few. But as I get into more kind of complex developments, I'm going to need to really dive deep into that building code. So I know it like the back of my hand.
2: That's such a great point, Ashley, Donovan. I'm glad you you guys brought that up because I feel like a lot of maybe new investors don't know that you can't just walk into the city and just kind of start asking questions. And a lot of times, you know, depending on the city, some cities are probably more helpful than others. Like we were looking at buying a hotel in Big Bear. And, you know, I went into the city just trying to ask some questions about, you know, like what does permitting process look like? And they were just like super helpful. They like emailed me this, like all the documents they had on this one property. They just like sent it to me in an email. So as you're looking to kind of get some of these questions answered, your, your local
3: city, county, whoever can be a big resource. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business,
4: Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A. Biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa.
5: Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at DealMachine.com. bp You're trying to close on your
3: next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today.
2: Donovan, I want to ask a little bit about your exit strategy. So you've got 12 lots that you're building out right now. Is the plan to... Keep all 12 as long term rentals? Are you guys flipping some of these? Like, what does the exit strategy look like?
1: For sure. So, the original exit strategy was to hold. And this was, again, we bought last year most of the 12. Actually, we were under contract on 13 uh, as of yesterday, but most of the 12 we were built to rent. That was kind of the goal. The nice thing about the duplexes is because, and in comparison to single families, that they're going to cash flow if we can't sell them. So, Right now, as you guys know, the market has ran up over the past 12 months and the appreciation has outpaced the rents. So now we're looking to sell just to kind of capitalize on that, just so I can show on my resume, it's successful exit and investors get their money back, things like that. So that'll be, but yeah, I think going forward, I'd like, like, I would prefer to build and hold.
2: One last question before we get off the topic of, of the new build, right? I, I just wanna really quickly go back to the investor piece because I, I think it's a little bit interesting the timeline 10 months i guess that that's that's not too bad right but like are you structuring it so that there's like a like interest being paid to these investors during this 10 month period or is it just like a split on the profits that are generated from the sale of the
1: property yeah it's a straight split on the profits and i think that's for my argument for it was you know i'm not taking any fees i'm not making any money throughout this whole time so if you're going to accrue interest on top of that then we can do that but it only makes sense if if I'm being paid as well. So, and they're happy with that as well, that the interests are still aligned. So yeah, straight equity split.
0: Donovan, I wanna transition us to something different that we haven't talked about on the podcast yet, but when I was reading the show notes before we got on here, I saw that you are renting out your car. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Absolutely, Ashley. Yeah. So I I own a 2003 Hyundai Santa Fe. I can't rent that out because it doesn't meet the Turo requirements. So that's my day car. <laughs>
0: well, tell us right there. Tell us about Turo and the requirements real quick.
1: Yeah. So for Turo, I don't know all the requirements, but basically it can't be more than 10 years old. It can't be a salvage title it needs to be under 130,000 miles so there's a few requirements so that your car is like in decent condition so I wanted to put something on there for extra cash flow and the reason I was doing it was because I didn't want to necessarily buy an investment property I felt like that was a pretty big that's gonna be a pretty big hit to my DTI versus you know maybe just buying a car and getting a similar cash flow so I did my analysis and if you have me on Instagram or Twitter I kind of walked through my analysis of how I picked a car. But so I picked a 2015 BMW, uh, like 528i. Long story short, I picked a, a nice car that looks good even in older years. So you know how BMW, Mercedes, they're, they pretty much look the same each year. So I kind of took advantage of the depreciation that was already built into the purchase price on this one. I've been renting it out and it's doing pretty solid, like maybe 400 a month off of, and I financed everything 0% down. So it's almost like, infinite ROI because I didn't put anything into it yet.
0: Our friend, Robert Leonard, he actually just told Tony and I how he bought a camper and he listed it on, I think, Outdoorsy or a comparable website to Turo. And he did it with 0% down. And he's I think he got his first booking within 45 minutes and it already covered, I think, two months of his payments, maybe even more. But yes, so this is really interesting to me. How long have you been doing it for?
1: So I just got the car in April, so it's only been about four months or so. But yeah, so far, so good. Luckily, no no major accidents or anything.
0: I had looked at the website, and for some reason, you can't do it in New York State yet unless it just changed. This has been a couple months ago. I had looked, so, Donovan, maybe I can bar- buy a car in Houston uh, and then leave it there and I can <laughs> rent it out. I mean, I already bought a motorcycle yeah. in Houston, so why not get a car there, too? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Throw a car in there too. Yeah, and leave it yeah. at the airport. You can make it work.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And what is your Twitter? You said that you uh, put the kind of the whole story and how it's going on there. So people can check that out. Yeah.
1: So my Twitter is at Donovan builds, D-O-N-O-V-A-N-B-U-I-L-D-S. And I, I talk about all my deals. Um, I'm pretty transparent on there. So yeah, follow me to learn more and DM me if you have any questions. All right. So Donovan,
2: I, I want to take us into our mindset segment. Uh, you ready for that, man? Absolutely, <laughs> all right, Brother. So a lot of folks that are listening, they're listening to your story, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to be just like Donovan when I grow up right like they they love everything that you're doing, but they're kind of afraid of getting started, so break it down for us, Donovan. like if you go back to Donovan before that first deal, right, before the house hack, before all these new constructions, what were some of the misconceptions you had about becoming a real estate investor? that turned out to be false. some things that were maybe holding you back, some misconceptions that you realize now just weren't true.
1: For sure, yeah, I think the biggest one for me that's allowed me to get to the 12 lots is, you need money to be in real estate, but it doesn't have to be your money. So that was really key. And once I had that mindset switch was like, look, if I have a deal, the money's out there, right? And if you 10-year treasury yields are 1%, so long story short, the money is available if you have a good enough deal. So that was a big, mindset shift as well. In addition to that, really doing enough underwriting and just looking at deals so that you can recognize a good deal will allow you to have the confidence to maybe go after some investors or ask mom and dad or auntie, whoever, for money because you, you feel like you really know your numbers. So
0: Yeah, I loved how you had even mentioned that in the beginning too. And you said that you just showed your numbers, you showed the deal, you showed the investor, the partner that the numbers work, worst case scenario, they're still gonna make a little bit of money. Uh, So I think that's such a great point. And I give this advice to your spouse or your significant other too, when you want to bring them on board to start investing You show them the numbers. And you did just that with a partner and obviously it's been working out well for you. So congratulations.
1: Thank you. And yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm gonna take us to our rookie request line. So you guys can call us anytime, leave Tony and I a voicemail, 1-888-5-ROOKIE. We get these voicemails emailed right to us, so we get to listen to all of them. So thank you guys who call in. Uh, so we might take that voicemail and use it on the show for our guests to answer. So that's one 5 rookie So today's question.
4: Hi, this is Marge Evers from Baltimore, Maryland, calling about a Question on property. Um, I purchased a 1.75 partially wooded river view lot in 2003 with a 1031 exchange. Um, now I'm anxious to sell the property. Um, I paid 61000 for it, and apparently now the tax assessment says it is worth $35,000. So just wondering, since the price apparently has gone down, if you have any thoughts about going with a regular realtor or trying to do it yourself, like on um, some of the specific uh, websites as far as selling property and any suggestions you have. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at first... Looking at the property taxes, the assessed value is essentially irrelevant. So in my opinion, that's irrelevant because it depends on what the comps are selling for, how much can you build the thing for, and then how much can you get the land for. So don't worry too much about the market assessed value or the tax assessed value. It's not as relevant. In terms of listing it, yeah, I would say probably get a realtor if it's like acreage, just because as you get into larger pieces of land, typically there's fewer buyers. So you probably want more people to see it. And I think what better way for people to see it than on the MLS.
2: Awesome, Donovan. What, what great advice, brother. So I want to take us into our random question segment. We don't always do this, but I feel like it might be good to kind of throw some some questions at you. My question kind of goes back to the new construction piece. How much, you know, and, and this isn't necessarily to, you're, you're doing a great job, right? So I don't want this question to come across as me thinking that you're not. But how much do you think that the success you've had around like this rapid kind of growth, right? With going from one to, you know, I think you said you're just closing on another one yesterday to put you like in the mid teens, right? Like how much of that growth from one to 12 to 13 was because of what we're seeing in the market right now, right, with like prices just kind of going up like crazy. Like, Would your strategy still work had that kind of recent increase in property values not happened? I guess that's the question that I'm
1: asking. Yeah, for sure. And that's why originally we were trying to do build to rent because at first it didn't make sense to, so it made sense to sell. And I learned that from bigger pockets as well as to have multiple exit strategies. So the goal was to build to rent because we could get 10, 12% cash on cash and it was a new property, so little maintenance for five years. But yeah, the the reason why we're selling now is strictly benefit of the luck from appreciation. and. I'll take a look any day and I'm not taking credit for it. But yeah, it definitely was good timing in this case. But hey, I'll take it.
0: Donovan, for my question, can you just give us real quick just the numbers on one of those duplexes that you're building? What's the cost to build? How much is the investor gonna make on it? How much are you gonna make on it? And what is it selling gonna sell for?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so the one I think this was the first one we bought that's gonna this one won't be finished until November, but uh we bought the land for about thirty five thousand. Um, the plans and permitting were about eight thousand, so in it for was it forty three. Then we bought the construction loan. We wrapped in the interest payments, so we pretty much took a larger construction loan so that we didn't have to pay interest each month. And so that construction loan was for two hundred and twenty-two, I'd say roughly. So that pretty much brings our all in to two sixty-five. And then the I guess the portion of that the investor paid out of pocket was the land and the permitting. So roughly they're in it for forty-five thousand at the moment. And then, as I mentioned in the show earlier, we collateralized the land for the construction loan. Yeah, so then now we're under contract on that one for 358499 and that one should close in November.
0: So you already have it sold and it's not even finished yet, or it is finished? Correct. Wow, awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're pre-sold. Yep. That is
0: so awesome. And when you do that, do they help with the design or anything, or this is this is what it's going to look like. Do you want to buy it or not?
1: Pretty much, yeah. Because we're we're not building high-end luxury, I'm trying to be as cost-efficient as possible, but I do give them, I send them a video of what it's going to look like because my friend had built a similar one. So they have a video of what it's going to look like for sure and if there's any changes, you know, small ones we can make, but yeah, they, they don't really have any. So I guess they can change the finishes, but not the design, if that makes sense.
0: What do you think they will rent for each side?
1: So each side will rent for about fourteen fifty. So 2,900 gross, and then, yeah, the contract price would be 359, roughly.
0: The one that you have sold, is it an investor? Is it someone that wants to house hack it?
1: Yeah, one of them, so I guess I should have clarified. So the, the one we have, next month that's selling that's finishing next month that one's under contract with the house hacker the one yeah thanks yeah it's the one that's finishing november the one i just mentioned the numbers on that one's with an investor who's just putting 20 percent down
0: that's so cool and i think it's awesome too you're helping somebody else house hack really (laughs) so very neat
1: i mean that that could
2: like potentially be a business model right it's like if you're the investor that goes out and builds these really nice, you know, yet reasonably priced- Affordable. Affordable yeah. properties that an investor can step into, house hack, make a crazy good return, right? And you're, you're kind of just churning through them, knocking them out, and you've got this long line of people waiting to buy them. We're thinking about doing the same thing for the, like the Airbnb space where we build or rehab and we sell these properties as turnkey Airbnbs where they're fully furnished. You've got the listing photos, like everything you need to get that property up and running on day one is there when you buy the property. So you can just step in and kind of hit the ground running. So, man, you might have a million-dollar business idea right there, Donovan.
5: Yeah. <laughs> no, turnkey I think house hacking.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh so trademark like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, give them all the lease agreements and Everything. here's the rules you should do and how you find tenants. Yeah. Yep.
2: Love it. All right. So I'm, I'm going to give a quick shout out to uh, today's Ricky Rockstar. So again, if you guys are not in the Real Estate rookie Facebook group, make sure you guys join as one of the most active, one of the most engaged uh, real estate groups there are out there. And like Donovan mentioned, I think he met one of his partners in the Real Estate rookie Facebook group. So the proof is in the pudding. But anyway, today's rock Rockstar is Eric D., And Eric D closed on uh, their second door on June 1st. They put probably, they said 100 hours of sweats into making it presentable. Um, I'm gonna just place the first tenant today, which is their second tenant ever. So Eric, Big congratulations to you for getting that second deal and getting that second tenant in place.
0: Well, thank you, Donovan, so much for joining us today. Can you give everyone some information as to where they can reach out to you and where they can follow you on social media?
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, the main place right now is on Twitter. I'm not much of a picture or video guy, so I'm kind of lacking in the area. But yeah, Twitter at Donovan Builds and Instagram at Donovan underscore 651. So yeah, DM me and I can help out wherever I can.
0: Well, thank you so much. This was really fun doing these new development deals and and going over them. So thank you for sharing with us, Donovan. I'm Ashley at Wealth Home Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson on Instagram. We will be back on Saturday with a rookie reply.